0: Hey, everybody. James here, your friendly practicing polyamory host. You know, today's episode was a little rough at times, and I'm sitting here long after the show, and there are some things that are still bothering me. Uh, We had some pretty tough discussions here today about the use of pronouns, uh, and, you know, it was just, it was definitely tough conversations. Uh, The things that we talked about, can be really tough for our trans and non-binary community, uh, especially if you are someone in the middle of the transitioning process, uh, and especially if you don't have support from family, or worse yet, uh, if you have potentially violent or abusive family members. There was a lot of really heavy stuff in this episode, and uh, it it was a bit of a challenge for me to keep my composure uh, with my guest. Uh, I wanted to give my guest the space to express herself. I never want to be the kind of host that's going to be aggressive in that way. I want to give people the space and especially I want to give them the benefit of the doubt as often as possible. I really believe in the best of people. When we got into our conversation, started talking about pronoun, pronouns, uh, I started thinking about the young trans and uh, non-binary people that I know, and and frankly, pronouns are important. Identity is important, um, and while I want to understand my guest's viewpoint and try to look at it from her perspective, I also understand that there's a lot of struggle in that community. And I'm very aware. I'm very aware of it. And I I just, I wouldn't want to minimize it. There are a lot of things that I'm still working on a lot of things that I'm still trying to figure out. Um, she said in the show, that everyone's perfect. I <laughs> was, you know, what, but she had said those were those were the words that she that she said, um, I, I think I understand what she means by that, you know, like this idea of perfectly made in the image of God. I I understand that viewpoint. You know, I grew up in a religious household, so you know, I I, I understand what she's saying there. Um, but the truth is we're we're all susceptible to mistakes, myself included. I'm I'm conflicted as to whether or not this episode should stay posted or if I should take it down. Um, Part of me wants to leave it up to show that the Practicing Polyamory podcast is a safe space. You know, if you are trans or NB or ace or arrow, um, some of today's discussion might have been a little bit triggering. There are things that... I did not fundamentally agree with my guest about uh, things that might've been tough for some in our community to hear. And, um, and I wanted to address that here before the show, um, you know, pop it in there before it actually plays Uh, this, this one, this one got to me, this episode got to me a bit Um, might be a little bit tough to hear, Uh, Some of the things that we talked about, some of her opinions you may not agree with. Um, I wanted to do my best to defend our community and especially those who are marginalized in our community. Uh, And I can only hope that I did right by you. Um, I have nothing but love and respect and admiration for those of you who are brave enough to come out and live authentically, and I want to support you the best that I can. It's a, it's a tough, cold world out there, uh, and it can be made tougher and colder by people who come from a place of privilege and don't take the time to understand. Um I want to take the time to understand. I want to be the best ally that I can be. So, uh, with all that being said, I'll drop the trigger warnings around trans issues, pronouns, and identity, and also for our ace folks, a mention of non-sexual polyamory without actually mentioning asexuality. So, um... I guess I'll get the commercial break out of the way now, and then we'll get into the show. There it is. All right. We're back for another beautiful week here in sunny San Diego, and it is sunny. Uh, We have got a great one with our Seeker of Truth today. We got a lot to talk about, and y'all know how I feel about authenticity. So let's do this. Let's have a good time. Practicing polyamory. Real-life perspectives from the imperfect people of polyamory. The
1: mission of the Practicing Polyamory podcast is to provide a platform for all of the real-life flawed humans that practice polyamory so that we might all learn from one another and grow as a community. Enjoy the show.
0: all right here we go welcome 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 everybody to this beautiful monday uh before we jump in and chat with today's guest i want to quickly remind everybody to please follow the show on your favorite social media platform where you can find us everywhere at practicing paulia and if you're listening on itunes spotify stitcher or any other podcast app please subscribe leave a review wherever it is that you download the pod and if you want to support the show first of all, leave us those reviews. But secondly, there's another really easy way. You're already paying for your insurance. Why not work with a polyam insurance professional? Send me a DM on your favorite social media at practicing and ask me about your malpractice or errors in admissions insurance. Would love to chat with you about that. And lastly, as always, I want to ri- remind you, if you're listening to this podcast, you're a welcome guest to be on the show. If you are actively polyam, polyam curious, or a professional serving the polyamorous community, I wanna hear your story. If you're disabled, BIPOC, pan, bi, demi, gay, straight, sex worker, kinkster, queer, lesbian, trans, NB, arrow, ace, whatever it is, I wanna hear your story. The more stories we hear, the more the world learns about us, the more representation we have, and the better we can serve our community. So go to practicingpolyamory.com, sign up today. All right, everybody, that's my spiel. And now the best part of the show, introducing our awesome guest. Today's guest is, above, above all else, a seeker of truth. She's highly educated, boasting degrees and certifications in psychology, philosophy, social and behavioral sciences, and communication. And she's honed her skills and education to be in the service of others once a therapist in a domestic violence center and with over 30 years of working with persons affected by ptsd anxiety and depression she provides therapeutic services and administers a behavioral health residential program for women with trauma our guest's goal is to help people find their inner peace amongst the chaos of life while providing a safe space for healing relaxation and expressing of one's truth in order to find balance and attain optimal health. So if you are looking for a deep sense of peace within yourself and cultivate relationships of trust through honest and open communication, this is where you want to be. Joining us today from Third Eye Integration, welcome to the show, Water Shepherd. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> so. <awesome. laughs> we like to have a good time here so water. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Thank you so much for joining me today. Welcome to the show.
1: Thank you so much for having me today.
0: I'm excited to be
1: here. Yeah.
0: My pleasure. My pleasure. So tell me a little bit about yourself. Uh, I found you, uh, along with many of our other guests, uh, on the polyfriendly.org website. Uh, Mm -hmm. Tell me a little bit about your history with polyamory and uh, what inspired you to place your name on that massive list.
1: Well, there was an awakening that I had basically through a traumatic experience, which um, I think some other people may identify with, but I had a monogamous partner um, for a long time. And um, we had talked about opening up our partnership and then we ended up having an agreement not to do that. And then he did. (laughs) Mm. So, um, and I freaked out and, left so um that's what happened and you know but through all those conversations that him and i had um i started seeing things that i didn't want to admit and some of those things that i saw was um love has no limits Mm
0: -hmm. and Mm
1: -hmm. i i actually knew that from my philosophy studies and so it hit hard resonating deep inside of me but the situation that i was that i had found myself in was so opposite of what i had thought and you know you know through my practice and through my personal spiritual practice and through my professional practice i've learned that we create our own reality yes. and we create our thoughts and so there's a situation which is the stimulus and then we have a response which is our thoughts Mm
0: -hmm. and so
1: the situation was happening and then i created so it was me creating the thoughts that this shouldn't be like this right and so but there was something inside of me that said this is truth and i am a seeker of truth and I I was having an argument with myself. Have you ever done that?
0: Have <laughs> an time. argument <laughs> with
1: yourself? Yes. All the time
0: and I always win.
1: It's because it's like, I think there's something that we're groomed to believe and that's how things ought to be, mm-hmm. how things should be. And it's, you should get angry at this situation and you should, you know, and all these shoulds were coming And, but there's something in, in there that was saying, well, this is truth, but it was so uncomfortable that I had to leave. And in the leaving, um, I went down to a dark space and I was alone. And I think being alone is a very, very powerful place to be if you can do it. And Mm -hmm. so I encourage people to spend some time with themselves and not run out and look for Partners, you know, you don't have to have a partner to or multiple partners to be polyamorous. You, it's, 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 you know, poly is many, right? Love is many is love. So, polyamorous, you know, take the sex out and love your children, love your animals, (laughs) love your, you know what I mean? It's just like love people, love people, love life.
0: I can't remember if if it was um, if it was polysecure or if it was uh, the polyamorous next door. It was one of these two books. I want to say it was polysecure that talks about, you know, basically everybody's polyamorous for exactly what you just said. We all love many people. We all love yes. our siblings. We all love our parents. We love our friends. We love our pets, you know, all of these different types of love. So we're all in a yes. sense Polyamorous, but uh right. what makes you know polyamory? You know the way that that we kind of express it, the way that we that we define it, has to do with our romantic loves. So right. that's that's definitely a a difference. Oh, you have go I'm ahead. I'm having please. a face.
1: I'm having yeah. a face because I don't see it that way. Okay. And and talk to me about it. And it's just like what I just said about multiple love. Why why do we have to make it a sexual thing? you know love is love and different types of love because i could have a sexual partner and do a specific sexual act with that partner that i don't do with another partner mm-hmm. right and so we're okay with that so what if i just have a, a a person in my life who i love that i don't have any sex with mm-hmm. right and i could still love that person deeply and it yeah. doesn't have to be about sex and i and i don't right. identify myself with my relationships you know people uh, mm-hmm. ask me you know they'll ask me about that and they'll say well are you are you by are you th-? I'm like i'm here here i am and if i feel like doing something with you and you agree then we we can do that you know so i mm-hmm. don't really identify i i identify myself as sovereign that's how i d- identify myself and i am just a person and I'm a reflection of you, and you're a reflection of me. And so sometimes those mirrors match in a sexual way. And so I can engage with you if you want. You know, if we both have an mm-hmm. agreement. And that's all there is. And, and I think people get kind of get stuck in identity. And I see mm-hmm. this a lot in my practice. People get stuck in their identity. Like I am gay, for example. And you know, if someone doesn't call them a certain pronoun, then they get upset. Mm -hmm. And I understand that. Okay. But I, I also understand that the upset, the disturbance in the mind is yours. Okay. And so we have to own our feelings and nobody Mm -hmm. gets to press the remote control on my mood, you know, like if my mood is I'm having a stable mood and someone says something that I don't agree with, then, um, that's me. I check myself. Do, how do I want to be now that you're being a jerk? You know what I'm saying? Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's definitely, you know, um, limits to that though. Uh for example, you know, you, you mentioned pronouns. And yeah. so uh, I'm sure that we have listeners out there who are uh transitioning, you know, they're 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 yes. transgender. And so uh when it comes to these pronouns, it's a very sensitive topic, especially it when is. they have situations like, for example, a parent that is not accepting of yeah of their transition and so instead of calling the child, you know, Jamie like they want to be called, they keep calling them Jimmy. You know, right. and and it's it's those pronouns can become very important when they are being purposely right. violated by a parent who just refuses to accept. So I understand like, that. In, in that situation, I don't I don't know that it's so easy to just say, "Oh, well, it's all Up to you. It's all up to you and how you, you know, uh, how you process this. It's all up to you to be okay in your own mindset and just to
1: right. And I think that what you're saying is a transition point. So there is a transition, okay, Mm -hmm. when you're switching an identity, right, Mm -hmm. and moving into that, and you everything's about the identity. But then over time, you have to be okay with yourself on exactly who you are. And mm-hmm. that's that's really self-awareness. Like, okay, you're gonna be identified as Jamie now? You can be that, you know? But know who you are beyond Jamie, beyond mm. the very core of your humanity. That is who you are. You are beyond this identity, and so time. So when we, that's what I was saying. When you get stuck in identity, it's not so much the outside. The outside is a way that you are in the world, but there's a deeper part of a human that is, you know, some people call it the energy, the soul, the consciousness, whatever you want to label that, um, and that's that's stripping away all those identities so you know that transition point that you were mentioning yes it's a very very vital and in, in special time in someone's life when they decide i'm going to switch my gender mm-hmm. right and they and then they and then everybody has to adjust right and a parent you know i'm a parent it, you know and my my son my son um is a bisexual person and he also um has changed his name, the hmm. name that I gave him, right? So, mm-hmm. and there was an adjustment point for me. So when you have a, a, a transgender person, everyone around adjusts right. and, it, and it can be very difficult, especially if you have a belief system that says, that's not a, not okay. So let's say in that example that you you gave, you have parents that are saying, oh no, I named you Jimmy and you're a boy. Right. Mm-hmm, and right. so then you have this conflict within the family and then then Jamie will say, well, I am a girl now and you're going to call me that. And so now you have to adjust to me. So mm-hmm. you have. So as Jamie, then Jamie also, um, yes, is going to be really strong in that new identity because she has to move into that identity mm-hmm. and she has to do an adjustment also. Right. Right. And so then you have all these other pieces of all the the society, the family that may not adjust so easily, right? right? So you have to be really strong in that. And then there's got to be some deeper work. And that's what I help people do. I help people find who they really are beyond that identity. And that's what I was saying when I was saying being stuck there, because sometimes then that identity gets so much so that the relationships are destroyed because they don't accept me. So you have to accept yourself at that point. So the parents aren't accepting it. The parents are arguing. So you have to be strong within yourself and it's beyond the identity. Yeah. So that's, that's what I meant by that.
0: That, that makes a lot of sense. Um, but I wonder if it's easier to work with somebody who maybe is an adult transitioning as opposed to a teenager. Cause I mean, again, uh, if I'm 37 years old, I've got my own place. You know, I talk to my parents, you know, pretty regularly, but they're not in my house, in my face every day. So for me, if I wanted to transition, you know, even, even, uh, announcing publicly that, uh, that I was polyamorous, like that's enough of a, um, taboo within my family that my parents, you know, it's taking time to, for them to get comfortable, you know, if they ever do. Um, but again, they're in LA two hours away. I'm here in San Diego. I don't have to deal with that. So a teenager that, you know, has that parent that's not accepting and, you know, is, is dealing with that every single day, how, how does, maybe, maybe we shouldn't go into that teenager. I don't know if that's your specialty. Um, but even, even anybody else, how do we do that journey? How do we take that introspective journey, dig deeper and get to what you were saying, the energy or the soul of who we are connecting to that core? How do we do that exactly? Is there, is there a path? the
1: teenager thing, they got a lot of other, other things going on too, right? You have mm-hmm. a lot of hormonal changes, plus you have just the coming of age. And right. find, finding out your your own sexuality really was is coming into play at, in a teenage. So there's, you know, every, every situation is different with that. And every family is different. So, you know, with that, it, it would be more of an individual thing. But how do you, like, but in general, how do you get people to get in touch with who they are, right? Mm-hmm. And that mm-hmm. is when you help them find their own truth. And how do you help someone find their own truth? I'll do something really, a really simple example of something I do. People will um, introduce themselves to me. Let's say somebody name, um, somebody says, I'll say, hello, who's your, who? what's your name? and And he'll say, my name is Bill or William. you can call me either one. And I'll say, which one would you prefer? And they say, either one. And they won't answer the question. I said, which name would you prefer? And they said, well, I actually like to be called Bob. Okay. So that's truth. So don't tell me what you think I want to hear or what's acceptable. So that, you know, that's just a really simple example. But I think people You know, it's been my experience that people actually don't tell the truth on anything because they're very afraid of rejection. And that's when the truth of knowing who you are is core to moving through this world without having trauma. I mean, that's my and that's my specialty, helping people deal with trauma because trauma is going to be pervasive it's massively pervasive in our culture and throughout the world i mean and you know what if you and i went through the same experience one of us could be more traumatized than the other so it's not the actual experience it's the reaction to and that's going to be based on your history your family uh your capacity to handle things and, you know, if you got enough sleep the night before, right? So <laughs> there's all these other things that put into play on how you can handle your trauma. So when you are living in a way of truth, knowing who you are, that is the steady state, the, the internal person. The internal soul, the energy is the steady state. And then there's all this stuff that happens to us as humans. It's like, you know, can I give an example?
0: Yes, of yes. course.
1: I, um, I restored a dresser of mm-hmm. solid wood dresser, not that cheap stuff. That's pressed wood. Well, You didn't so- go to Ikea. And this was this was a dresser from my childhood. Okay. And it was solid wood and it had seven layers of paint on it. Wow. You know, and it was just it was it was old, but I wanted to fix it up and I had to strip it. So I Mm -hmm. went and I got to I got some stripper. And I scraped off this first layer of paint and it just kind of bubbles up and that chemical stuff that you use for it, it burns. You gotta wear gloves and it smells and your eyes water and it's toxic. And you sit there and you, I thought I could do it in an afternoon. I had never done this before. I didn't watch the YouTube video. Okay, Okay. so, you know, (laughs) it's just like two weeks go by and I'm still scraping the paint off, right? And then I finally get down to the wood right and the wood the paint the original color of paint which was white was stuck into the wood grain so then I had to go back to the hardware store get a sander sand it all out and then the wood is dry and had all this chemical on it and it was just messed up and then I went and got some oil and I put on the oil once I rubbed that oil on there the beauty of that grain just rose to the surface and I saw it and I'm like you know what This dresser is just like me. It's this pure beauty of, you know, this pure beauty and layers of life has been put on us. And when we're born, we're this innocent child, this innocent being. Mm -hmm. And we have the parents didn't listen to us. And then you got bullied in school. And then somebody did drugs and somebody went to jail somebody did this and somebody did that to us and you know somebody beat us up and somebody didn't listen to us and now we're not important anymore and that's the message from society and that's a layer mm-hmm. and to remove those layers it takes work it takes chemicals and burning and i'm not saying chemicals but it's just like i'm burning It burns mm-hmm. to really deal with removing all those layers to get back to who we are and, you know, we hold on to those identities, um, these like, this is who I am. And you get, you just, you grip. And when you're gripping anything in life, that's where, you know, yoga teaches us to let go.
0: Uh-huh.
1: Just let it go and you'll feel the release, the release of muscles, the release of stress. And then the love is already there. The love is there. It's the pure state. And then we have these layers that block our access that, you know, society puts on us. And then we keep it there in our thoughts because we can relive a trauma over and over in our minds. And nothing is happening to me right now, but I'm thinking of the thing. And I'm thinking of it over and over and over. So, therefore, I'm reliving that same event and that's that's when you have to say, "Is this helping me? Mm-hmm. Is this helping me right now?" And if the answer is no, then you can change your thought.
0: What you said there, you were talking, uh, yes, exactly, exactly. <laughs> oh, what you said there, you you were you were talking about uh, how deeply we hold on to whatever one thing or another is, uh, and letting go of that piece of an identity or that piece, whatever it is that we're, that we're holding on to. For me, it's, it, it always goes back to my business, right? And being a good business owner, being a successful entrepreneur, um, you know, doing things right in business is like a core part of, of what I, of my identity, right? Mm. Like the best version of myself. Yes. And and I don't necessarily want to let go of that, but I I notice within myself when I hold on to it and you know, talking about these different layers, you know, when business doesn't go as well as I want it to, or when I'm not where I want to be yet, you know, these are these layers that are kind of starting to mask over this this foundational person of, of what I believe myself to be. But it's like in it's in that letting go that that I had like this this thought that if I can let it go if I can allow myself to just be who I am the core the the real me is that but I'm like placing all of these expectations on myself and when I don't live up to them that's what makes that's what makes it more difficult for me is when I don't live up yes. to that But if I can let go of those expectations and just allow myself to be and to follow this journey and to and to keep going along that path, eventually I'm going to get there.
1: Yes. And, you know, let's say let's say you screwed up your business one day. You just you blew a client. You know, something happens and you just you made a mistake. Right. It's not the whole of who you are. You're still going in that forward direction because that's your intention. Mm-hmm. So, you know, we got to let go of those. Oh, I didn't do it right today. You know, I didn't ha- I had a, a conversation with my partner and it didn't go as well as I expected. Mm-hmm. Right. And so then you feel like, oh, I'm such a failure. And then we get stuck in that, you know, so it's like, no, you're allowed to be who you are. And, you know, there's something about the, the intro of your show, which made me kind of smile a little bit. And when you said something about imperfections, mm-hmm. right. You know, um, I have this weird thing about perfection. I think we're all perfect. It's just like that dresser. It was, it's that core and then the layers came on. Mm-hmm. And so then, then it looks like, oh, there's a dimple there. So let's put some more paint on it, you know, and right. let's just right. try to make it a little bit better. But really the in the in part of, of who we are is the perfection in our purity, in our pure state with, with all these layers on us. So we just have to remember their layers and that's all. And you, you get to make mistakes because, you know, let's take the error out of making mistakes because we all do it. So if we all do it, then <laughs> we're, we're all the same. And it's just like remove the, those barriers to think that you're not worthy of love you know cuz you are worthy of life we all are worthy of love or we wouldn't be here we wouldn't exist it doesn't make sense for us to exist and not experience who we are
0: yeah i don't, <laughs> I, don't, I, don't I, I like that that i um, it sounds like a little bit of a place of privilege right there to to say that because there are people that just don't ever have that opportunity to experience that love. Like this happens in our in our world all the time. So, you know, um, you know, and, but I get what you're saying. That. Oh, I Tell don't know. Just, just people that, that are born into like the worst possible situations. Not, they're, not that they're not worthy of love because they mm. are. But. Mm so many times they don't get the opportunities to experience it or experience it in the same ways. people that are born into, I don't know. I I don't, I'm just like thinking like the worst possible situations, things that, that, that I wish (laughs) I would rather deny exist in our world, but some part of me knows that it does, you know, just like starvation or
1: something like that.
0: Yeah, and even worse than that, like uh, uh, starvation and and stuff like uh, War, exploitation. Mayhem.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. exploitation is There's, like yeah. that kind
0: of stuff exists in our world, and and you it know sure it, does. Sure so, does. But the, I'm those, gonna tell
1: you somebody who's gone through it, and and maybe you know this person or have read uh, of Victor you Frankl.
0: You know, I've heard uh, the name.
1: Viktor Frankl, author, went through concentration camp, Nazi Germany, Ah. Germany, you know, and um, he wrote a book called Man's Search for Meaning, going through the absolute worst, you know, one of the worst experiences of human, right? Mm -hmm. And used his mind, used his mind to find meaning and love for himself while going through that so it can be done but what you were saying you know the environment because i've been in a shitty environment yeah i've i've been a victim of violence myself Mm -hmm. and um you know you don't feel the love when you got a gun to your head you don't feel the love when you're getting beat up Mm -hmm. you know and uh but when but there's all it doesn't mean you can't. And most of the time and you're in that situation, because I've worked in a domestic violence shelter, you need someone to step in and guide you to that. You know, so what you're saying about you know those situations, yeah, it's definitely possible, however, you know, often with massive trauma starvation famine you know war pestilence disease you know those people are in survival mode
0: Mm -hmm.
1: you know and really we're talking about humans that are functional those those people in those situations they're in survival mode only. Right. And, you know, their, their main focus of attention is going to be, can I stay alive today?
0: Mm-hmm. And can like my Mas- children
1: stay alive today? Maslow's you know?
0: hierarchy of needs, it's like food, yeah. water, shelter, that's all we're worried about. Like, let's right. just stay alive. Yeah.
1: Right. And that's, not you know, we're talking kind of like uh, a
0: whole different topics.
1: Yeah, that's a whole yeah. different topic.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I got you. I got you. Yeah, but I mean it's, it's this has been this has been great uh and and we definitely have a lot of a lot of room um and when you're talking about when you're saying all that uh I I agree with you that in those moments when you're going through the violence, when you're going through, you know, the gun to your head, when you're going through that stuff, it's really hard to feel the love, but it is possible to feel it again. It's possible to recover. It's possible, yes. you know, there, there's still that core part of ourselves that is, uh, that wants to be loved, you know, and wants to experience love. I think it's, I think it's core to our humanity as well.
1: Yeah. And, the, you know, that's what I was saying about those layers, you know, that love is there already. Mm-hmm. It's within us. And I can be completely alone and see a flower, right? And experience something, right? And so the, the flower isn't a, another human giving me, it's just there. Mm-hmm. And so then I choose to experience what the beauty, you know? And so, or I could ignore it and step on it and crush it. Same thing. Options options. Right. So, but I can choose to experience anything. You know, I can have, I can call, you know, have a bad day. I can just say it's, this is a bad day for me. Um, everything went wrong. And then I could go outside and see a sunset and feel better. Right. Yeah. So it's just like, it's a perspective thing. And, you know, sometimes it's more difficult than the other. Like, like I was saying, did you get enough sleep last night? Have you eaten today? Mm -hmm. You know, those kind of physical needs. Have you been, when's the last time you had a hug, you know, during this pandemic that we just went through, you know, there's been a lot of people that uh, were isolated completely, no physical touch, you know, it's really difficult in those situations, but, um, there's also there and I went through it myself, you know, I, I don't have a partner in my life right now and uh, There was uh, about two months last year in 2020 that I was feeling feeling very isolated and um, and Decided that I was going to do something for myself, you know, and I started doing some artwork That I had been putting off because I never had time (laughs) so you know and then all of a sudden I started feeling my fulfillment but my situation really didn't change you know it's just like I chose that that feeling that I was having was not helpful for me so I you know I do meditation so in my meditation I recognize what am I thinking about and how am I feeling So I observe my thoughts and my feelings and I notice I'm having thoughts of depression. I'm having thoughts of isolation. This isn't good for me, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, this is not helpful. My situation cannot change right now. So what can I do? I can change. And so then I decided, what can I do differently? How can I find fulfillment within myself? And then there it was. Oh, look at this. Let's do some art.
0: Nice. Yeah, nice. so
1: it's just
0: kind of goes to be back
1: to oh. yes, self awareness and you know loving yourself.
0: Yeah, I was gonna say it goes back to what you were saying uh, early on in our conversation, just having that comfort of being by yourself and and basically the learning these skills to self regulate.
1: Yes, self regulation. Good so. term.
0: Yes. Very cool. Very cool. Water, it's been so much fun chit chatting with you. Um, I want to give you an opportunity. uh, If anybody wanted to work with you, wants to learn more about you, uh, wants to sign up for any of your programs, anything like that, uh, the floor is yours. Tell people where they can get in touch with you and uh, what you have to offer.
1: Well, great. Um, Right now, I'm doing a lot of work with some mental health facilities here in Phoenix, Arizona. I. Work with, I contract directly with mental health facilities to uh, work with their clients. I also see individuals uh, that's been on hold a lot just because of the pandemic. However, I am doing some virtual sessions. Uh, In person sessions, typically I utilize sound therapy. So I use Tibetan singing bowls, some gongs, and other instruments to bring upon a, a re- relaxation response while we are working with the mind and the body, because we use some somatic experiences. Um, however, I am doing those sessions online currently um, until it's more safer to do so in person. But um, you can contact me through my website, thirdeyeintegration.com, Facebook, Third Eye Integration, Instagram, same thing and Twitter. Thank you.
0: Perfect. Thank you so much, Water. Again, it's been a blast. It's been an honor. Uh, I love the back and forth that we had today. I really appreciate you taking some time to hang out with me and and give me some insight.
1: Well, you're welcome, and thank you for inviting me.
0: All right. And thank you as always to our live audience for tuning in today. As a reminder, when we're live, you get no commercial interruptions. The same cannot be said for those podcast downloads. Keep downloading them, though, because I get a penny every time you do. But if you want to avoid those commercial interruptions, be sure to catch us live right here Monday through Wednesday at 2.30 Pacific Time or sign up for our Patreon where you get access to our commercial free RSS feed and, of course, support the show. Don't forget to subscribe on YouTube, wherever it is that you download your podcast. And if you haven't already, please leave us a review. I'll really, really appreciate it. That's all I've got for you all today. Thanks, as always, and... Have a nice day!